I didn't know how to connect. I didn't know how to experience intimacy. And it kept being mirrored back to me in relationships that would end in abandonment, which I know now was ultimately the mirror of self-abandonment, right? And it got to this point quite a few years ago now where it was like enough is enough. I can't play this out anymore. Like I think I'm the problem. Welcome to Woke Wogs. I'm your host and resident wog, Jaharat Volpe, here to navigate and facilitate conversations with the wogs within my community that inspire me and hopefully you too. Now, if you're not familiar or not familiar (laughs) with the term wog, it's a racial slur aimed at Southern European immigrants in Australia back in the day that has now been reclaimed and is celebrated as an identity affirming label. With that said, I want to draw attention to the ill use of this word still throughout the United Kingdom towards people from the East Indies, parts of Asia and North Africa. I want to pay my deepest respects and understandings to what the mention of it may bring up in you. Now for some quick self-advertisement. Do you have an event coming up and need an MC to make the moment matter? Well, that's what I do. I curate the optimal flow to any type of event and connect audiences to the messages that organizers are yearning to convey. Salt, great. Just DM me at the link attached and I can't wait to get involved. All right. In this episode, we chat about the responsibility of providing our parents with the support that they never had, how our ancestors are our greatest teachers, how food is the ultimate medicine and how spirit asked Rachel to call home. I can't wait for you guys to give this a listen. Let's get it. We are back <laughs> here on Woke Wogs uh, with a a friend of mine. I really sit there and I'm like, wow, like somebody that I have known in different ways uh, mm. over a long period of time. A long time. I was thinking about this today. It's hectic. Yeah. Uh, especially when I went on my little investigations, my uh, interviewer research that led me to your personal pr- page of Rachie Boy. Yeah, the uh, one I can't even access. Yes, man. And I was like, that's the person <laughs> I know. But for for everyone else who's like, who, what's the name? What's that? It is Rachel Rose. Uh, yeah, an, an incredible individual who, and I'm getting ready to stuff this up, is a holistic an energetic coach. Yes. We practice that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also a student of shamanic work. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be able to color all that sort of stuff in. Uh, and yeah, a uh, woke wog of the community. Mm. Babe, mm. welcome to the Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel so welcomed. You were somebody that I actually got to show before I'd even launch this thing yeah. the the jingle the whoa yeah wogs. yeah yeah which is so good and you were like babe get me on I'm there. here I'm waiting you're waiting <laughs> <laughs> and and we we spoke that night and I thought it was really yeah really poignant for you about your journey yeah uh, and how going into your lineage and your background and it being somewhat of a spiritual journey for you, rediscovering mm. it and re-embodying it. Mm. And so I thought it'd be best to get you on here so we could go on that journey. Thank you. And it's interesting that you say this, and I'll get into this in a little bit. It's all part of the story because we're going to go on a bit of a story today, is the giving it a voice, mm. you know, giving the ancestors a voice. Um, and I think, you know, when we connect to WOG culture, 
when I started to connect to the world culture within me, a lot of it was shamed Mm -hmm. and forgotten about and changed. And there was a lot that was still very much there, but a big part, and I must really thank my cousin for this, who was a chef by trade. But one of the ways that he connected me to culture was food. Of course. You know, and it had started to get lost. I'm not going to lie. Like the traditions, Mm. right? Because like back in the day, we had this huge family. A lot of the elders have passed on now, Mm. but my grandma was one of nine. So the family functions were big Lebanese family functions. And that shifted a little bit now as they've passed. So it's been really cool. And and to be honest, the food piece over the last six months, my health aside, because that's another conversation, I've been really getting into like eating, (laughs) more cooking and falling in love with that. But what actually did it for me was the connection back to culture. Wow. And realizing like the ancestors are happy and it actually dropped in for me as part of my spiritual practice where I'd been doing a lot of work with with lineage and ancestors and I just got this drop in and it's like, yeah, yeah, the offerings you're giving are great, Rachel, but we're hungry, we want food. We're hungry. We're hungry, we we want want food. food. Feed us. (laughs) And and when you say that, like you just get a voice that comes through. Well, it was this knowing, right? Mm. It was this feeling of like, you know, part of my spiritual practice at the time was I was doing a lot of bowing and prayers and um, offerings of flowers and just these beautiful things, right? Real, really lovely elements of my spiritual practice. But isn't it ironic that cooking and eating with intention has been the thing that has changed everything? Wow. Yeah. And, and do you do you remember, like you spoke about your cousin, was there a dinner where that all dropped in for you? Yeah. Was it a process of time? Uh, was it seeing him present you with the recipe? And just to reflect, like, there's recipes that my brother, my younger brother, because he's really holding that lineage for us. Yeah. He, he's rediscovered his chefhood. I'm not sure if that is a name, but yeah, it should yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we were just at Easter and he like drops my nonno's potato salad. Mm. And as soon as we all eat it, we are transported back yeah. uh, to the moments where we were all together. And when we eat it, we, I re-commune with my nonno. Yeah. I'm there yeah. with him. Yeah. And we're celebrating him yeah. in that recipe, in that medicine. Yeah. And it's crazy. when you now, now when you say that, I remind myself of my housemate, Carol. When she's cooking, it's a fucking ceremony. Yeah. She's cooking lasagna for two days. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's all for this thing to then get to a point where we celebrate in the medicine of food, celebration, connection, and then, of yes. course, family. Yes. Yeah, it's huge. And, you know, I, what I love as well is those recipes that are handwritten. Yeah. You know the ones? Yeah. <laughs> they are, it's like sacred script. It is, that bro. Is like, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, well, thinking about it now, like, man, all the best recipes, all the best food, all the best restaurants, they're off like really cheap ingredients. Mm. Like they would find whatever was in the ground or left mm. over from the war and make something of it mm. to give them the energy to keep living their life. If that isn't a spiritual practice, I don't know what yeah. is. Yeah, It's incredible. Yeah. See, the simplicity. For me, it was, um, it was actually my cousin who had initiated. So Christmas, right, as I said, used to be these huge gatherings and we noticed the shift in the generations and all of a sudden the younger generation was now overpowering the older generation because it used to be, you know, nine and then think about the web, right, of how many um, of the elders uh, were in those family events and celebrations and now because a lot of them have passed on, it's the kids, mm. the cousins. And so um, 
my cousin would be the oldest. He's a couple of years older than me. Then there's me, then my brother and all the little ones that come after that. And he decided to get everyone to come to his industrial kitchen to start cooking Lebanese food. Wow. And so those who were still alive, um, they brought the recipes in. And so, I mean, he'd already, he already knew a lot of them, but, you know, we've got like the, yeah, the elders in the kitchen showing us how to do it and making baklava. I mean, we made so much because he's got these huge chef pots, right? Like so much that we all went home with kilos of food. It was outrageous. And we actually had to make a note never to make that much food again because it was extreme. But it was all part of the process. And that's really when it dropped in for me where I was like, oh, this is important. And I think, you know, the, the shame piece and the forgetting of lineage and where we come from, um, that's actually connected to uh, another side of my family. And we'll go into that at some point in this conversation. But um, mm. oh, I've forgotten what I was going to talk about. Well, I, <laughs> quickly, quickly, I'll adapt, I'll, I'll adapt. I'll put something in there. I just imagine quickly that when like all, because I would call them nonnies. What do they call them in, in Lebanese? What well, so, okay. So this is, I actually called my grandmother who was Lebanese grandma. But I think it's jinkti, uh, yeah, um, something like that, something along those lines. But I called my grandma on my mum's side nonna. Nonna, yeah. Really? So I had a nonna, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. But she, interestingly enough, she was Greek and Lebanese, but Re- she was such a nonna, like. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because for those who end up having a look at me on Instagram, you may see me allegedly in a blue um, dressing gown. My nonna used to wear a blue dressing gown. And that only dropped in for me recently. I've really stepped into my nonna energy, even though I'm only 30. <laughs> but I'm stepping into it. And, um, yeah, it's like the joy that I get of feeding people and having them in my home. I get it now. Yeah, like yeah. that was what I loved about my nonna. And that is what everyone used to say about her. It was like everyone was welcome and she would make sure that you were fed and looked after. And it's so simple. Mm. And I've started to kind of take that on. And just realizing that that's actually when people leave my home and I get messages from them, got one the other day and it was like, I feel so grounded and looked after. Thank you. And I'm like, fuck, that's real healing. Yeah, man. Like that's, again, what you were saying before, the simplicity. It's the simplicity and it's what could be more sacred, not to use these words flippantly, than letting you behind my walls, you're in my house. Yeah. I'm now giving you my food, which at the very bottom of it is my efforts of love, mm. my financial energy. Life force. Life force. I'm sitting at the table. I'm breaking bread with you. Mm. We are on level at a table. Mm. There is no hierarchy here and we are connecting. And so, yeah, it is a transference of love. Mm. And especially from those elders and whatnot, their main goal was just to get everyone together mm. so we could all sit on the table and just be mm. sacred. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. They, knew. they knew, bro. They knew, man. They're like, get in there. They're fucking doing yoga poses, <laughs> putting the freaking lasagna in there, freaking <laughs> down with. Anyway, but you spoke to something and you've spoken to it twice. And I think that's where you were going. You spoke to the shame. Mm. Take us on that journey of shame. So I will never forget, like back in the day, one of the first jobs I ever had uh, was working in hospitality. And the manager there, he was Lebanese. His name was Eddie Saman. So Eddie, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to fucking tell you about it. (laughs) And um, I remember we would go back to his place after and he'd always look after us, right? Like a few of us, we'd drive him home and And we would go back and we would eat sushi and we would just talk, right? And I'd sit there and just absorb. 
And one of the things that he really helped me see at the time, and I didn't land back then, I had a lot of shame and resistance to my family. And I was a bit of a rebel when I was a teenager. I won't go into that. <laughs> I've tried to psychoanalyze myself, still working on it. But, you know, I rebelled. Yeah. I rebelled against my family and I just, I kind of wanted to be my own individual. I wanted to find my own identity and mm -hmm. I felt trapped and contained and I just wanted to be free. And so I think I was pushing those boundaries, right? And you felt they were trying to close you in. That, that, yeah, that, that, I felt that, that, smothered. That, did you have that kind of like, it's like the girl of a WOG family is normally really cared for and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Were those well, any sort I, of paradigms that were pushed there, onto there's you? There's multiple or? layers to this. Um, I think, you know, my parents had had a miscarriage before me and mm -hmm. so I think that there was a an unconscious fear of losing me. Oh, right at the okay. core of it right it was so innocent it was yeah. i love you so much that i need to make sure you're safe but that kind of anxious energy made me be like oh i need some space right so mm -hmm. i would push those boundaries and unfortunately put my mother through an absolute whirlwind you know <laughs> like there were probably multiple times she was genuinely terrified and uh, but i had no idea because i'm just a, a teenager mm he's -hmm. <laughs> got no idea about anyone else but myself and um you know, I, I rebelled and I felt ashamed of my family. And what's really interesting is the name Rachel Harris. My full name's actually Rachel Mary Harris. And I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I didn't resonate with it. And I never understood why. And recently I found out that actually my great-grandfather, who funny story, is Greek, um, hopped on a boat, ended up in Melbourne, thought he was going to the U.S., Right. And it's just, you know, it's like, well, here we are. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> and his his original name was Peter Harolambus. Wow. Right? He changed his name. And he changed his name because of the shame of being WOG. So there's the hiding, right? The um, disconnection now of lineage, disconnection of land, disconnection of where I come from. And so here he is trying to start his new life. And my family's just carried on with the last name Harris. And I'm like, I don't resonate. And now I get it because it actually has no meaning for me. It mm. doesn't connect me to that culture, to that lineage that I'm a part of. So this sense of being displaced. And these are just themes of my life, right, that I'd never, and this is the work that I'm studying with the, the shamanic work and um, even in the holistic counselling work where it's very much about understanding that we carry the symptoms of our ancestors. So unprocessed trauma, we carry, mm -hmm. right? Energetically, it's in the field. So we carry it as a symptom bearer, but also through DNA. So it's quite complex. And I can't, I don't even think I could speak to that. I'm really just learning about it. And my mind is blown. Um, but really what's been honing in for me is how much we carry and play out that isn't ours. Mm. Right, like that unresolved Shit. stuff that, and the story of the family, mm -hmm. right, that maybe we can't put words to. Shame has been huge for my family in multiple different ways. Um, lots of things kind of get getting covered up. We don't want to talk about it, but at the core of it, it's this shame. And when that really dropped in for me, I was like, ah, I understand this sense of disconnection to self, mm -hmm. to where I come from, to lineage. And what's really interesting is when I started to research the name Harolambus, it and uh, it's so beautiful because what I have been searching for my whole life, especially 
in the last few years of my spiritual journey has been joy and happiness. Well, the name Haralambus literally means, in translation, glowing with joy and shining with happiness. Fuck. And recently I did a beautiful ritual and I reclaimed, I reclaimed that name. And I don't know how to integrate it, right, because Harris was obviously the name that I was given by my parents and um, I think it's an acknowledgement of the name that is most important. And I can explain in a little bit where the rose came from because that's also linked to lineage. But that narrative and that story, it's such a simple, it's so simple. Like this thing that I've been trying to find my whole life was actually a part of me that my ancestors disconnected from. Yeah, and the thing that you were running away from was the thing that would give you the gift that you were looking for in the outside world. Yeah. Wow. And and you speak because you know, when you're saying about that playing out, that role playing out, you moving away, not feeling connected, uh, feeling shame cutting off is the exact mirror of what your grandfather did. Yeah, wow. Felt shamed, he cut off, and you're weirdly enough playing that out but within the family. Yeah. And he weirdly enough left his family behind to go create a new family of his own. Oh, Wow. And so yeah. my, my wondering here is in that push away, in that, like in that journey, that obviously led you to this deeper work. Mm. Like it had to, I assume. Yeah. And so I'd love to know a little bit more about that. You've pushed away, you've become a re- rebel, but how have you walked your way into this yeah. holistic cancelling? Where, where did, not cancelling. Yeah. Not, <laughs> <laughs> so, I noticed that. I picked it up. Like yeah. <laughs> Cancelling. Like where where does that come into play yeah. to give you give yourself the awareness yeah. to go and and come back to this beginning? That yeah, we're here yeah, now? it's beautiful, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to think about this because, you know, um, my journey, the I got here through heartbreak, and it's so relatable, right? Like, what is it that gets us on the spiritual path? For me, it was reflected back to me in my relationships, mm. right? Um, And again, a lot of shame, a lot of disconnection. I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to relate. I didn't know how to connect. I didn't know how to experience intimacy. And it kept being mirrored back to me in relationships that would end in abandonment, which I know now was ultimately the mirror of Mm self-abandonment, right? And it got to this point quite a few years ago now where it was like enough is enough. I can't play this out anymore. Like I think I'm the problem. <laughs> I had that realization that we all have to oh, have. Man, my, of my, like, fuck, it's me, isn't it? Yeah, I'm the common denominator here. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, you know, funnily enough, it was my auntie. She's actually my cousin's, my dad's cousin. So technically, we were talking about the language. She's technically a cousin, a second cousin. But because she's an elder to me, she's my auntie. And uh, we were talking at Christmas time and we had a conversation about something. I couldn't even tell you what it was anymore. But she used the word vibe. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. I was like, I think we're on the same level. (laughs) (laughs) She had shared with me that she was a shamanic practitioner and no one in the family knew, right, or no one really understood what she did. For her whole life, she'd spent 30 years um, doing spirit work, communing with spirit, connecting with different healing modalities, working with plants. And I'm, I had no idea, right, about this world. I didn't know it existed yet. And I was obviously moving through my heartbreak and starting to, it started because I ended up on YouTube watching taroscopes, 
um, and different tarot readings, right? I was so desperate to understand mm. what my heart was saying and where I was at. I was so lost. So it actually started in quite an unhealthy way as a coping mechanism. But then it led to a curiosity. And then, as they always say, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. And so my auntie, again, you know, within the family, was able to initiate me onto this path. So I'm so grateful for her, the role that she played and is still playing in my life just as a wise woman. Um, So that's kind of how it started. And it really ended up being a journey of self-discovery. It was once they say, you know, once it opens up, once you're on the path, you're on the path. And when you're ready, the more open you are, the more that you will receive. So it was very much listening to that inner guidance and that next thing would just drop in and then drop in and then drop in. And before you know it, he- here I am. Wow. So it- it's never been about other people. It's so far with where I'm at, right? It's always been about me. How can I heal myself? How can I free myself? Okay. And that's probably what drives me more than anything. I'm very self-led person but ultimately it's because I've connected in with my pain and I've connected in with what I desire and Mm. what I long for and my vision for the world and for myself it's ultimately sovereignty and Mm. freedom and liberation from the heaviness Mm. and um, what I know now is I'm not just doing that for me I'm actually doing that for my lineage I'm doing that for my ancestors those who came before me in honor of them right? And those who will now come after. Mm. And that for me is like, when I drop into that, it, it no longer is about me anymore. Deep as fuck. Yeah. We, we, we hit the core. Yeah. And it's crazy. You know, you said um, on on this podcast, you said I was a teenager and it was all about me. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get to this path and this, this part in your journey Mm. where you realize that what I'm doing now is for everyone that comes after me. Yeah. Uh, The classic quote or fable of the old man who plants a tree that he'll never sit under or eat its fruit. And so my curiosity then leads to, okay, so you've now gone through really spiritual death, heartbreak, and anyone listening, if you don't attach to these words, don't fucking worry about it. Just connect to the core of the message here that going through a struggle and learning remedies and medicines and ways of getting Mm -hmm. out of it into your truest expression of who you are. Yeah. And then you meet classic, the, the wise one along the path. If we follow yes. the hero's journey, the hero's here, it journey. Is, here it is. <laughs> so classic. It's like, I babe, actually, I'm a shamanic healer. Would you believe it? <laughs> Arnie, what's her name? Um, Diane. Arnie, Diane, uh, giving you the leg up and then you just slingshot. You know, mm. it's all new. It's all happening. And then, as you said, you're getting into this place where you're unraveling or untying these knots. Mm. And so you spoke at the start about break the breakup. What were the breakups with the patterns of yourself Mm. that you went through? Yeah, it was self-abandonment and self-betrayal. And that would always be reflected back to me. And what does that look like? Well, that would look like not communicating how I felt, not knowing what needs were. I mean, my God, people don't know that we have needs. (laughs) Like, it. no, it's it's a serious problem. Yep. Right? Um, I didn't know how to communicate boundaries, also didn't know what they were. You know, I used to always joke about in my mentorship programs, I'd say, you know, I was that person who was just the doormat, you know, and I, I would just lay down, let people just rub their feet on me, you know, yeah. walk all over me. I didn't know how to um, be in my power, you know, or how to have difficult conversations. So there was always this running away from conflict, running away from being seen, running away from um, – 
and a big part of it as well, you know, I had a deep fear of rejection, but also a deep fear of rejecting so much so that I was like, I would rather be rejected and carry that pain than put you in that pain. And that's also, I think that that's a um, ancestral wounding as well, that martyrdom, you know, that um, I will sacrifice myself for you and, you know, that caretaking energy. And ultimately it's a discomfort with holding someone in their pain and wanting to fix it and save it. And we were talking about this earlier around the role of facilitation and the journey I'm on at the moment, going from kind of coach to counselor and, and shifting from trying to really, I guess, not fix people, but give, you know, really now stepping back into this space of there's nothing to fix. I'm just going to hold this space for you to be in your journey and your experience. And it's perfect. You know, some of these things are tied up in love though. Mm. That being the martyr, doing, and if you don't know what that means, like doing everything, you know, doing everything but saying you're doing everything but then still doing everything. Yeah, and the resentment, you know. It's like no one ever – it's like doing it but huffing and puffing the whole time. Yes. No one fucking respects me and no one values me. No one sees all the work that I do but I'm going to do it anyway. For sure, (laughs) man. It's like, yeah. And that's that's classic, isn't it? And then really like – for the work that I've done, um, and I was with this therapist and she she split us into four different ways of giving love. Mm. And uh, my mom was understanding and that was my kind of martyrs and I understand everyone. And she goes, yeah, that's because you don't feel understood. Oh. And I was, like, she broke me. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And she goes, this isn't, this is a trait of yours. And so for people that do everything for everyone, it isn't a bad thing. Yeah. It's actually the way that you thought, or I should take ownership, that I thought by doing this, I'd get the thing that I truly wanted. So by giving everyone what they need, people pleaser, I might just get what I need. Mm. If I just do it for everyone, if I just fix everyone, maybe people will take some time to help me fix myself. Mm. And so it comes from that vulnerable fear that's also lugged in with the love because I, I want to give everything to everyone mm. as well. I still love understanding people. It's because mm. it's a value of mine as mm. well. And so it's fucking hard to break up with these patterns. Well, do we need to break up with them or is it about integrating them? Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh. Because it's like <laughs> – That's good. Because there's a there's a light and there's a dark. There's a, um, a positive and I guess a shadow um, expression of, of all of it, right? Like when I think of – like that martyr energy in its shadow, it's someone who doesn't really know how to ask for what they need either. Mm-hmm. But in its light, it's 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 the caretaker. It's someone yeah. who deeply wants to care for others um, and will sacrifice themselves for you. And there's a real beauty in that as well. Yeah. It, it is. It's a. I look at it with my with my dad, and I see this energy in in him. And I also know that part of his love language is acts of service. Yeah. So it is the way that he gives his love and shares his love. And where I have really had to pull myself up on this, and I took this to therapy, and I'm so glad that I did because it has completely shifted the energy. And I invite everyone listening who has challenges with family members to do the inner work because when you do it, it impacts everyone in the family bloodline. And I have seen this time and time again with myself. I spent, you know, 29 years wanting my dad to change so that I could feel more comfortable and happy and alleviate myself of this guilt of being the reason why he wasn't happy. And really when it came down to it, I had to do the inner work to see him and appreciate him. And it was when I was able to acknowledge and actually reflect back to him how much I valued his service Mm. 
thank you so much for cooking dinner, dad, you know, or finding ways to connect with him. Like, because food is a big thing, he always goes to the market. So I know he loves to be of service. I know he loves to help. I invited him to come to the market with me, you know, to show me the stalls that he goes to. And we bonded and we connected in these ways and I'm seeing him. So instead of unconsciously taking right? He's cooked another meal for the family and I'm just taking it without any gratitude and appreciation that feeds this dynamic of that Mata kind of abuser energy, right? That drama triangle. But when I acknowledge him and I say, thank you. And I help him, I set the table, you know, I do it with him. It shifts that energy. Mm. Now I'm not taking, right? I'm actually receiving but also acknowledging the way that he's giving. And it has completely shifted our relationship. And before that, because I'm not in your mind, I don't know. Yeah. What was the projection or the thing that you weren't liking or struggling <sighs> it with? It was he wasn't asking for what, his, what he needed, mm-hmm. right? And so he was my, – my projection of him was he was doing all this work for the family but resented us for it. Mm. you know, and he didn't feel seen. I could, I could see it. I could see the wound of he didn't feel seen. And yet there was still this part of me that didn't want to acknowledge him because I was so triggered by his unwillingness to ask for what he needed. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, I was like, you know what, Rachel, like grow the fuck up, be an adult. You are aware enough. You have the emotional intelligence and the awareness to see what's playing out here you need to rise and do this work and love him and show up differently for yourself. And that's what shifted, you mm. know. Mm. That's huge. It's huge. It's something that I've been thinking about, speaking about a lot when people are in that sort of, yeah, in that gossiping or complaining or mm. struggling with their parents and their family and questioning the way things are being done, the, the classic of, of they don't understand me or they just do everything and they complain and whatever like that. And all of those can have their truth. That's fine. Mm. But just as you said, your grandpa came here on a fucking boat. The one thing that my parents, who were young parents, now that I really think about it for how old I am, were really focusing on was putting food on the table mm. and getting to the next pay cycle. Through my work and having the privilege and the wealth to go and find out who the fuck I am Mm. and then come back and go, oh, what's all this? Rather than going, hey, I can actually just be in this and provide this to you Mm. because you've given me the ability to go find this out. I feel like there's something in that that judgment of the spiritual journey Mm. and now I fully know everything. Therefore, I come back and judge everything around me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) the judgment. Yeah. See, that's the top. So much judgment in the spiritual space. Right. That's that's the toxic wokeism. It's like I'm so aware of everyone else by myself. Mm. My parents just don't fucking get it. It's like, wait a minute, like be in presence, dude. Mm. Like hold yourself and the other and parent them. Mm. They haven't had the chance. They haven't had the ability or the privilege that I have. So what a beautiful responsibility for my lineage, for my family, for the person that I love to give them what they can't ask for. Yes. Yes. Instead of sitting here and being like, just fucking ask for it, dude. <laughs> like there was for years. I was like, if he just asked me and just said what he needed, I'd do it. It was like, again, the re- the, I was rebelling. Yeah, fuck. I was rebelling because I could feel it and I could see it and it was making me angry. 
So you're bang on here. It's like, thank you for helping me see it and, and put words to it. It was like, if you have the awareness, show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, show up, dude. Yeah. Take the initiative. Yeah, yeah it's huge. It's big stuff. That's fucking beautiful. Mm. Wow. Okay. I felt like I was, I was there with your dad. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, was, I was there with I him. And I was feeling for him. I was really yeah. feeling for him. And I was really proud of you in that. Yeah. And want to acknowledge that. Yeah. And so, okay. I just, and I just want to say, like, thank you in case he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> he's my biggest fan. Um, that I love you. Mm. Oh, it's going to make me emotional. But it's like, oof. Yeah, he's been one of my biggest teachers. It's always like that, isn't it? Of course. Mm. Just doing his fucking best. Yeah, I love him. Mm. Yeah, that sacred bond between daddy's little girl. Yeah. And seeing the resemblance, right? Like I see so many of those similarities. Um, and I guess it's about, right, like <laughs> back to the sacred mirror, it's like the aspects that I reject in him, in you, in my partner are also the aspects that I reject in myself. So the ultimate spiritual practice is coming to a space of deep, love and acceptance of all. Mm. And I'm really like working on this recently because I'm in a lot of different um, containers, whether it's mentorship or whether it's my studies. And, you know, there's always someone in that Zoom room that you just can't stand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And you just look at them from behind the screen just fuming. You're just like, oh. And and I have the awareness now. I'm like, okay, look within. Yeah. You know, have your moment. Let yourself like sit in that frustration or in that trigger, in that activation. But then again, do the work. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, coming back to self always. Fuck, it's it's huge. It's so huge. Yeah, it's really it's really beautiful as well to just to also be in the humanness of it. Mm-hmm. I also struggle sometimes. I'm like, I don't get them. I know that's me they're looking at, but I still want to have a fucking whinge. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I I do. And I had I had my mate so, something happened with a good friend of mine recently, and it's so funny. I love you, Buster, but he he didn't show up to a work commitment that we made. Yeah, and it was through disorganization. Mm. Now you saw me before looking for my phone. <laughs> <laughs> And as he's telling me, all I'm seeing is me. And I was getting angry. Yeah. I was getting upset. And, and it was weird. I tried to protect myself in that moment uh, by putting the facilitator hat on. I'm like, cool, I understand what's happening here. Cool, I can fully resonate this, this, that, and the rest. And so I played out my little pattern or my little uh, container ship. It's all mm. good. Moved on. Got off it. And, yeah, I just was like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. I, I get really righteous. And um, I go on these tangents and thank goodness my partner just like loves this part of me because every now and then I'll just call him and I'm like, I'm on one. <laughs> <laughs> it's got nothing to do with him. Um, but it's just like I get in my, you know, like a classic example. This is so, this is the kind of stuff that I do where I'm like deflecting, taking responsibility. I booked some flights to go on holiday last year and I booked in the middle of the night um, and I knew I shouldn't have. My intuition said, don't book now, like deal with it another time. And I booked with one of those really cheap air companies. (laughs) You know, the ones that always scam you in some shape or form. There's always that fine print. And um, I ended up needing to change my flights and, and it became this whole ordeal. And I was like, this is extortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wanted to charge me like four or $500 just to change them. I'm like, but on the site, 
they're the same price. So why are you charging me a $300 fare difference, right? So I get very, when my when the values, um, I get righteous as, righteous as fuck. I'll just take them all. I'll, and the thing is, is I'll spend weeks of my time dealing oh, with it. Dude. I won't pay the money because oh, no. I'm a bit of a tight ass <laughs> like that. But I will spend <laughs> literally weeks of my time dealing with the emails back and forth. Like, I'm like, I'll take them to court. Oh, you know, I'm man. like, I'll go all the way. <laughs> all the way. Fuck. You know, oh, but man. I was so triggered by it and I was so angry because I felt taken advantage of. And I noticed this like reactivity or this reaction that I get when I feel that my boundaries are not respected, mm. right? Or my time is not respected or someone is taking advantage of me. And it's an uncomfortable emotion, but I think because I'm learning to embrace it and experience it when something does trigger me i'm getting off yeah man to how angry i am and how righteous i get to be for that couple of weeks it's important <laughs> i'll imp- tell everyone <laughs> about this situation it's important dude no 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 it's fucking important again that 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 incredible uh retreat that i went on that's what it was all about it was like let it out yeah Emotion, energy in motion, let it flow through, have the whinge, go through that part of it and then let the adult return. Yeah, know when to turn it off. Yeah. It's it's that fine line between like don't get stuck there. We don't want to get stuck in in our victimhood. That's so disempowering. But I think it is important to let us move through that reactivity Mm. because otherwise we're bypassing and we've got to meet ourselves where we're at. Yep. And if we're angry and pissed off, we should embrace that. Huge. You know? Huge. Because then it also reflects within, again, we, and I think this is a good little thread to pull on, that spiritual bypassing. Yes. That terrible wokeism where it's like somebody's in their trigger and I'm like, cool, I'm not going to speak to you in your trigger. Or, hey, I'm actually, I, I'm not going to let you move through that with me. Mm. I, I'm, and look, we've got to be careful here. It's all nuance. Yes, I don't want you to start yelling at me and punching me and stuff like that. But can I hold this difficult conversation and be with you in mm. it? Maybe that's what you need. I don't know. There's there's sometimes a fear of going in there because I want to put these walls up that you're a place where I don't want to go. And mm. actually sometimes there's a beauty in going, cool, you're in this right now. I love you. And I've done it in relationship before. And every part of me has sometimes gone, oh, she's saying the wrong thing. She did this. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Give it to me. Mm. Go off. Go (laughs) fucking off. Yeah. And it's been fucking huge. And after 20 minutes to an hour, that person, that lover that I'm with, will sit there and just come back to themselves. Yeah. And they'll they'll literally say, hey, thanks. Yeah. I just needed to go through that. Needed to be heard. Yeah. And just needed to be imperfect. Well, I remember one time and I was saved by spirit with this one, but I called my ex-partner up and we were moving through something that the anger got activated. My boundaries were getting highlighted and I call him and I go, I'm about to use some real violent communication. And then the phone died. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, saved by the bell. Yeah, you know, Because there was this moment where, because I'd been learning all about nonviolent communication. I was like, I need to just fuck that off for a moment. And not get caught in these like healthy frameworks of how to communicate. <laughs> I was like, I need to just be authentic with what is alive in me right now and just let one rip. But spirit was like, no, don't. Right. <laughs> no, we won't go there. But it was in it was one of those moments where it was really like, oh, I need to have this witnessed and I need to not filter myself. Again, sometimes we want to be this perfect student. Yeah, fuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We learn through the experience. And to be honest, had I maybe done that very violent argument and communication, I probably would have learned 
oh, that wasn't it, Rach. You didn't really get what you needed. Yeah. That's... Right? So either way, you're always learning and sometimes it is in the the messy, you know, it's all over the place. And something I must say with my partner at the moment that I love so much about him is when we have these conversations, he'll always say, like, even if you don't communicate it perfectly, it's perfect. Yeah. You know, because you're here with me and you're expressing it. Huge. That's safety for me. And I think that's the important thing I need to add in here for us is that, yeah, okay, be able to fly off the handle, but in a safe container. Yeah. You're still saying, hey, I need to just do this. Yeah. And still allowing the other person to say, hey, cool, I can do that right now. Or actually I had the worst day at work and something happened last week that I'm still processing and I can't be that person And it was you. totally the wrong time because recalling back to that time, it was in the middle of a training. He was on his lunch break. Okay, see. So it was saved by spirit. And, and then he. Because <laughs> that would have been real bad. Dude, and he wouldn't be able to give you what you wanted either. No, exactly. Okay. So we've danced around a lot of things here. So many things. I, I'm loving that though. That's the whole point of this, just to have an organic conversation where we're talking about lineage. We're talking about going on that journey, finding yourself and how to get out of your own way and then actually be the person that your parents need to reparent them and to really always play in that game, I believe, of like, when is this serving me? When is this serving someone else? And when am I just thinking about it too much? It needs to be raw and mm. fucking real and be human and be imperfect. And the medicine that comes with all of those things and having those deep relationships to allow you to do such things. Yeah. Now, we did begin this talking to this returning of your lineage mm. and you being that person with your dad, you being that person um, and coming back through and bring it into your spiritual practice. Mm. And so I'm curious, you know, you're into this holistic, um, shamanic work and whatnot. Like, okay, where does this now sit? We've got these yeah. threads. How, yeah, how yeah, do we, yeah. Let's how bring do we those start? threads in. Yeah, yeah how yeah, do we yeah. thread them in? Well, I think I want to start by just shouting out to shamanic energy training and my mentors and teachers because they absolutely deserve to be acknowledged. So Sharon Bolt and Joseph Callender, they're, they're unbelievable teachers for me and they've guided me in so many ways. And that whole community and, and lineage in itself, right, has taught me so, so much. And I am forever grateful. And I remember um, I, I think I had written a, a, a letter to Sharon for Christmas just thanking her. And one of the things that I had expressed was I signed up to this thinking I was going to learn another modality. But that's not even why I'm here anymore. Like I'm here to do that deep healing work for myself and for my ancestors. And I can't put a price on that I can't um it's it's really dropped me into the why that connection to to lineage and ancestors and one thing that they very much teach is there's no cookie cutter magic and medicine work it's what is the work of your lineage that's true authentic shamanic medicine and so for me it's been about the ego I've had to strip back the ego, right, of who I thought I was. I came here to be. And, you know, for the last couple of years I've been running this coaching business, which I'm now taking a step back from because I'm becoming more of myself. And it's been interesting to let that go and to step back so that I can really align with my soul and align with my medicine and rediscover what that is through, I guess, a more integrated and um, aware space that I'm in now. Like, I think I spent the last five years trying to like fix myself, hmm. you know, and now I'm like, no, 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 I'm not broken. You know, I'm just allowing myself to unravel. And now there's no rush. 
It was like there was this like destination of being healed that I was trying <laughs> to get to, which in itself was recreating the the problem because I defined myself as having a problem. Mm. So now it's like, I guess for me, this this spiritual work and, you know, what's interesting is I asked my uh, my auntie, Diane, what is the medicine of our lineage? And so on um, the Lebanese side, on my grandma's side, it, uh, she used to say uh, seers, as in psychics. So the tarot reading and the psychic work that I did for five years makes sense. Mm. That's actually a part of my lineage. That's, that's, that's the, the, the medicine of my ancestors from just that lineage. But then when I connect with, um, you know, my, my nonna, right, and so what's really beautiful about my relationship with my nonna is she was very much like my mum right? She lived around the corner and mum used to say that I loved her more than her. Hmm. As in my nonna got me, right? And she could handle me because I was being, you know, defined as the too much difficult child, hmm. right? So I was a lot. I was big energy. And um, I think I was very tapped in as a kid, as most kids are. And I could sense and I could feel um what was going on around me and it felt uncomfortable and I didn't know how to communicate it. And so there was something about getting dropped off at Nonna's place and that comforting, you know, just it's like a warm hug, you know, mm. the whole experience. And she would feed me and sing to me and we would paint nails and we would knit together and she would tell me all these stories and it was like just the most enjoyable experience as a kid being there. And a few years ago, I'm, I'm getting all uh, going all, the, all over the place, but it'll make sense in a moment. And uh, a few years ago when I wanted to kind of anchor in, what's my business name, right? Because like I was saying, Rachel Harris didn't resonate. Um, and I had been working with the Soul Connection for a while and that was no longer resonating. I was like, okay, what's this business name? What, what can I step into as an identity for this, this space? And Rose kept dropping in. Rachel Rose. And I was like, yeah, it sounds cool. But like, you know, why? Like probably some ego there as well, right? I was like, oh, I like the sound of that, you know? Mm. I ended up asking mom, right? I went downstairs after that dropped in. I said, what was Nonna's maiden name? She said, oh, it was Vada, which in Arabic translates to Rose. Wow. So this weaving, this magical weaving, right? And this is the spirit work and the shamanic work of working with these beautiful, subtle plants and allowing them to build a relationship with you, right? Like in many ways, I think sometimes we just assume like, oh, um, this plant wants to work with me or, oh, this is my medicine. I'm just going to do this. But sometimes it's like waiting for that invitation. And I really felt like the rose had been kind of courting me and guiding me. And when that connection with my nonna dropped in, it kind of made sense. And so this beautiful relationship with, I guess for me, rose represents the heart. It represents the feminine. Um, and I'd been on such a huge journey with, with love, right? Like I said at the start, the beautiful weaving, it all comes together at some point, all makes sense in this beautiful, magical way. When I think about magic, it's not this explicit magic that people would necessarily think of. For me, it is so subtle. It's in the connection of the dots and the weaving in life. That's what really when when those drop that uh, drops, well, when they drop in, it really is quite um quite beautiful to see. So that 
experience with my nonna and that last name and the rose, that was a very profound moment of me where for me, where even my mum was shocked. You know, those moments of like, oh wow, like this spirit work, like I think it's real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know if I've answered your question around um why I'm even doing this work and and how it kind of is weaving in my life, but I guess it's unfolding. The word that is coming to me is that you keep returning home. Yeah. And that it's within you. Yeah. You can't run far enough away from your family because mm. they're hungry and they want you to feed it yeah, back. <laughs> totally. That's yeah. really, really beautiful. And, and I just love that. You know, I, I read uh, that name and I thought, oh, cool. That's her last name. I don't even know the story that lives behind that. Yeah. Uh, very special when I it's huge yeah. and I think that's the thing you know a lot of people don't know those stories but when I do share that with people it has such a such a profound um space in my heart because that was also one of those moments where I was like whoa I believe in this mm. I believe in how special this is you mm. know and how our ancestors will always be our greatest teachers and it was like in that moment my nonna was impressing that upon me yeah you know so yeah so there's two things here for me. One, I realized that we never kind of, and that just happens when you're having a good conversation. We never really allowed you to, uh, verify is the wrong word, but to explain what shamanic work is. Yeah. So I think we should do that here. Mm. I'll put it somewhere there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a final question that yeah, sits there sure. for me. So from my awareness and what's being kind of passed down to me, shamanic work is really working with spirit and work with these beautiful allies, you know, the plant kingdom, right, the animal kingdom, um, the mythical kingdom, our ancestors, right. We're working with these, these beautiful spirits to heal and to help humanity at the core of it. That, that's what it is for me. And I think that's the best way to speak to it. And so the ceremony work and the altar work and the devotional work, you know, like my spiritual practice used to be meditating for an hour every day and doing qigong. Now it's lighting the candle on my altar, mm. taking a moment to just drop in. You know, it's so simple. Mm. But I really feel it on a different level now. So I guess it's working and co-creating with the universe and the energies of the universe and working with the spirit world to facilitate healing, which always has to start from within. So yeah, right now it's been such a inner journey that I don't really share the details with others because for once I feel like I don't need to. Mm. And that's where, again, I know that I'm in the right space. I'm so grateful for my teachers because it didn't used to be like that for me and I'll own it. You know, mm -hmm. there was this, I think this comes back to the social media age of everything goes online and we must share and show everything. It's like, no, really, it's it's often the stuff done behind the scenes um, that really does does the most for mm. us. I just love when I'm speaking to someone and my mind just jumps around. Does yeah. This thing. Having your morning coffee can be a spiritual practice. And it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's again, the intention, you know, sometimes I have lunch and I just delegate a little bit on a small plate and I offer it to my ancestors. Mm -hmm. I just actually invite them to have lunch with me. 
Mm. You know, and regardless of whether you believe in it, you feel it, you sense it, you perceive it, I don't think it matters. The intention of I'm I'm sharing this meal with you, whether you're here or not, like in mm. honor of you. So we can set these templates, we can set these, you know, maybe it is, it's a ritual, right? Every morning yeah. coffee. I'm yeah. having that coffee for my ancestors. Yeah, I'm having that coffee with my nonno. Yeah. And how beautiful is that? It's phenomenal. Mm. Me and my family, we always share photos of our espressos to let everyone know that we're having a coffee with nuns. Yeah. Yeah, it's really beautiful, Rach. And I love how sometimes language, you know, we can go up all these rungs and people might have been listening to this and go, cool, I don't really connect to that word or whatnot. But when we come all the way back down, being in presence, being in that loving space, and it can be as simple as having a coffee and being with yourself, truly being with myself, mm. not jumping on my phone and taking myself away from there mm. or judging my judging my external, taking myself away from what's happening internally, mm. that running away. And I think a podcast that we can have another time, yeah. but as the reason why COVID was such a really hard time for a lot of people because there was nowhere to run but with yourself. Yeah. And it was quite scary because that in itself is the practice. That yeah. is the challenge and everything outside of ourselves is the distraction, but then also can build us traction back to who we are, mm. which is what you did. Mm. You ran away, you've come home, you've run away, you've come home, you've run away. And that's the hero's journey. That is. <laughs> that, to come back full circle, yeah, literally. That is. Mm. And so knowing that you've been on this journey, knowing that you're now integrating your family within who you are and what you want to give to the world, what's next? What does it look like for you? Mm. out there <laughs> yeah out in the big scary world it's kind of what's next for me it's like living in complete alignment with my soul to the best of my ability but I guess all these tools that I'm learning and developing are, are actually here to help me with that so it's again the coming back home so I'm sure my journey will be much of the same mm. <laughs> and just coming deeper and deeper back home into myself thank you so much for coming into my home yeah and sharing your story and bringing your ancestors with you yeah. into this space. I'm really excited for people to tune into this yeah. and, and take what they can from it. And I hope some people that are maybe at the finish line with you or maybe at the starting of their track to mm. bring their family back into their, their practice of self-love and acceptance mm. and, and who they are uh, can take these breadcrumbs and, yeah. and run with it. Yeah. Thank you. It was awesome. Wasn't it? Yes, it was great. Uh, we, we may as well wrap <laughs> we it up. We loved it. <laughs> we loved it. It was it. good. Well, 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 well. Would you look at that? You made it to the end of this podcast. That must mean you enjoyed yourself. And if you want to support myself in this new venture, please like, subscribe, and share it on your social channels. Thank you for all the help and support. Of course, I'll see you here next time on... Ooh.